0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the bill Barnwell Show. Today, former NFL lineman and current NFL analyst Jeff Schwartz joins me to break down what happened to the Chiefs in their catastrophic loss to the Bengals and how the Rams finally overcame their losing streak and beat Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. But first, I wanted to quickly tell you about another podcast, and that is The Right Time with Bomani Jones which is now three times a week. This podcast brings you the latest from technology, music, and the very best analysis of games across all sports. Plus a community of friends, including a guy I'm not a big fan of named Dominique Foxworth for Foxworth Fridays. There's also two other shows where you can listen to, but if you want Dominique in your life, listen to Foxworth Fridays with Bomani Jones. That's right. The right time with Bomani Jones, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday listen wherever you get your podcast and Monday and Wednesday episodes are also available on ESPN's YouTube channel. All right. Here's Jeff Schwartz talking about the conference championship games. All right. Joining me now as promised on the Bill Barnwell show. He's been on the show before and I wanted to have him on, not just for his uh, studied, nuanced, thoughtful NFL analysis. And I hate to say this, Jeff, also someone who has dealt with a Chiefs collapse Chiefs collapse in the playoffs in the past. Unfortunately, uh, a man who survived the Chiefs-Colts playoff game from what year was that, 2011? 2013. 2013. Wow, almost a decade ago. A man who has dealt with it before, gotten through it, lived
1: to tell the tale. It is my friend Jeff Schwartz. Jeff, how are you? I'm good i mean i'm I'm better than the Chief's offense uh the second half on Sunday. I'll tell you <laughs> so off to a good start for the week, but yes, I was and it's funny i I had forgotten about that twenty thirteen game I immediately recalled you know the Titans victory in the playoffs yeah. when they were down twenty yep. one to three because that kind of paralleled the twenty one to three game and it was a home game and all that, and yeah, um I'd even forgot that twenty thirteen happened until about four hours later. I was like, oh. Wait, <laughs> I was saying before. Um, and unfortunately, that's happened a lot with Andy Reid. I love Andy Reid, man. But mm-hmm. there's been some some bad collapses under his watch.
0: Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, a few games come to mind. I'm not sure there's probably an Eagles game in the mix. I'm not thinking of, but, you know, I thought of that Colts game. And granted, a little different. You know, that was a, a crazy game. You guys lost so many players yes. to injuries along the way. You were down to like third stringers you know, catching and and running with the football by the time he got to the fourth quarter of that game. That wasn't the case here. The Stars, you know, the guys, the the Hills, the Kelsies were still there. Um, And I think the the Titans game was so interesting because that was, if I'm remembering correctly, the last game of the Alex Smith era. And I think, you know, it kind of felt like, okay, well, we're not going to have that happen again because now we have Patrick Mahomes. And so we don't have to worry about the offense just shutting down for a half. And yet we got to this game. And after being, I mean, incredible, they were unstoppable in the first half of that game. That last, you know, uh, fourth down or sorry, fourth down, but the final play, of the first half, they come up short. And then from that point forward, their offense was basically kaput. Like it was abysmal for the entirety of the second half until that final drive. And they throw the interception in overtime and lose that game. So Jeff, now that you've had a couple of days to digest things, um, to kind of look at what's happened. I mean, let's just start with the, you know, the sort of big picture thing here. What happened? Why did the Chiefs go from looking like an offensive juggernaut to, uh, you know,
1: the the Bears in that game against the Browns? What happened to this offense? Well, there's a, a couple answers. One is that this is what their season was, right? Mm-hmm. Their season was they look unstoppable and they look mediocre to downright bad in the middle of games, the middle of seasons, and a lot of us that watch the team and I obviously root for the team. Um, thought like, you know, the good outweighs the bad. And for the most part, I mean, they won 12 games. It wasn't like it, it was a terrible season. Right. It just came back at the worst time. And, and the best way for me to describe it, I think, on Sunday is Pat Mahomes had the yips. Like, there's no mm-hmm. other, reason, there's no other earthly reason why he stopped being aggressive. I mean, like, okay, mm-hmm. the last play, of the first half, okay, like he had a bad play. But up until that point, they had gained every possible yard. They were on, <laughs> right? They, they were, had gained every single yard possible mm-hmm. up into that drive. They were averaging over eight yards of play. They had 21 points. Mm-hmm. Okay. You had a bad play, like whatever, go in the locker room, come back out, score games, 28, 10. It's over. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't happen that way. And it, it wasn't just. The the drop eight. I mean, Mahomes missed two, I think two running backs just in the flat the mm-hmm. passes he had thrown in the first half just fine. Yep. Um, and there's a lot of focus, and you put out the video I think was very good about you know that third and nine. I think uh JT uh O'Sullivan, them, yeah, school as well. And it's like there were two guys open, and then also Pringle was open again on secondary <laughs> reaction play. And yeah. Like those are throws Mahomes makes all the time. Like, there's not mm-hmm. a doubt. Like, oh, Travis Kelsey has one step on a linebacker. Okay, cool. I'll throw it in there. And it felt like everything that had gone, that kind of the negatives of Mahomes, right? The footwork, some footwork issues, a little bit of, of timing concerns, right? He's not always the most rhythmic passer. Sure. It all happened in that same in the same half. And all that being said, right, first and five at the five-yard line, you need five yards and all this is forgotten about. He gets over mm-hmm. it most likely, comes back in the Super Bowl and plays really well. And I know that Bengals fans are very upset that Bengals, you know, they're not getting as much credit as they deserve, but I don't know what there is to deserve when you just drop eight in coverage. Like it wasn't like it was some, it wasn't simulated pressures. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that the defensive line started dominating. Chiefs were averaging six yards a carry. Um, you know, I have said that they should have run the ball more and it's not really about just running the ball. In my opinion, it's about getting your confidence back. So when, when things are going poorly in games, I think one way to get your confidence back, if you have a good team, you can't just do this if you have a terrible offensive line, but you right. just you just run the ball three times in a row for a first down. And you just say, you know what, offensive line, you do this for us. You get us a first down. And it, make, it makes the whole team feel better. It really does. I don't believe in momentum. I believe in confidence, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it makes everyone just like, oh, okay, all right. We're back. Like, and then you, you hit a play action pass or you have a bootleg or a screen and boom, chunk play. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get back in the rhythm of things. And the chiefs are running the ball really well. And I would have liked to see acknowledgement of like, Hey, this is sort of not working. Maybe we should try something else just for a drive. I mean, like, not. I'm saying that had to be your game plan, but mm-hmm. there was just never any adjustment. And I understand the, the way that, um, you know, the Andy Reid is thinking, right? Like this is Pat Mahomes. What right. are we, why would we change what we're doing? But it just didn't work in that half. And um, it's something they're gonna have to live down for a while. And what makes it tough if you're a Chiefs fan is I just think with the AFC quarterbacks, like it's it's hard to win every year, and this is an opportunity for them to play a Rams team or Niners team, but a Rams team that's not perfect, they're very good. Um, but they have a quarterback that sometimes can't be trusted um, and that can lead to interceptions in the playoff game. And obviously can can help you with a Super Bowl. It's just hard to get back there, in my opinion, and just say, Oh, it's going to happen again next year. Mm -hmm. So I was disappointed to see that, but I just think they had the yips, man. This Mahomes just, he lost it for half. Yeah, it felt that way. And, And, you know, it's not like he physically couldn't do it. It just felt like,
0: you know, there was some hesitation. Like it felt like maybe after that interception where, you know, it's BJ Hill, a defensive lineman. You don't expect to be in your throwing lane, but Trey Hendrickson who dropped off in coverage on that play was, that's actually like the one sin pressure they ran, I think was that interception Um, where maybe that, that caused him to hitch a bit or maybe alter his throw a bit or be a little hesitant. And and it felt like there were moments throughout that second half where maybe he just hesitated or there was someone slightly in his way and he, you know, didn't throw the pass. He would maybe throw under different circumstances with more confidence. I, I feel like the Kelsey play, you know, on, on third and goal there from the nine-yard line kind of felt like that, where it was, okay, well, you know, uh, that's a window, and it's, it's a legit NFL window, but maybe it's not the perfect throw. Maybe it's not the wide-open pass. Maybe I can make something better happen. Um, and I felt like that was legit. And, you know, I, I feel like like it wasn't as if the Bengals did something extraordinary to make that happen. It wasn't like they developed some, you know, new pressure concept no one's ever seen before, and it blew away Mahomes. But what they did work I think – you know, dropping eight and tackling well and and not making mistakes did did go a long way in that game. Um, and I think the other thing I would say that comes to mind for me, you mentioned the running game. You know, I I don't I'm a big passing guy. Obviously, I I'm a big numbers guy. I always want to throw the ball. But there were spots in this game, like the third and three, for example, where the Bengals come out and they're in a three one seven look. They have four yes. four run to four you know front seven defenders out there, and that's like okay. Even if you have Patrick Mahomes, even if you want to throw the ball, like. You can probably run it in that spot. I would recommend running the ball in that situation. I think that's the tough part is that it felt like, you know, what worked for them in the first half was working great. And then the second half, you know, when it stopped working, they
1: didn't seem to have a counterpunch or a plan B. So that third and three is a good is a good example of, of what I mean by just kind of having a little bit of ability to adapt. So, mm-hmm. you know, Andy Reid, I would imagine third and three this year has rushed the ball I mean, in non-former situations, seven times. I mean, I can't imagine, (laughs) right? Like, that's just not what they do, right? They're going to pass the ball. And so you motion McKinnon back into the backfield. Uh, They're running that, they're running the kind of hybrid man zone drop eight coverage, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they motion the back inside, the linebacker comes back inside and so you have three down linemen, a linebacker and the safety kind of started to drop down, but eventually I think backed out. So even if it's five on five, I like my five offensive linemen against their five personnel that'll be in the box. And if you get an explosive run there, if you go third and three, you get 15 yards, let's say, the next third and three, the Bengals might not run that drop anymore, right? Uh, Guys, they might. And so it just takes one, it takes one time for that to, you know, for one explosive run. And the Bengals, I would imagine the next third and three, but hey, guys, just watch for that run, right? Just, and Mm -hmm. and maybe the safeties a little bit later drop into the middle of the field. And maybe they're a little bit slower with their eyeballs to, to Kelsey and whatnot. And that I think is the important part of being able to run the ball a little bit. I'm with you. I can't make like like the Bengals, for example, Zach Taylor had a terrible game plan, but somehow they survived it. Like it's (laughs) it's good to run the ball 14 times on first down for like negative two yards, but obviously it worked in the end. And sometimes you, you just don't get rewarded Mm -hmm. for having a better plan. Um, but that's – you know those are and those are things I think – and Andy Reid has been great throughout his career of adapting, right? That's one thing that he has done, I think, better than any other coach. Why well, he continues to win. You can't mm-hmm. be stubborn and, and be a good head coach. But this is one area where I think just having a little bit more options in some of these spots, whether it's Mahomes changing a play to a run, which I don't think they really ever do, mm-hmm. um, uh, but just having a, a little counterpunch with the physicality of your run game, I feel, on offense – would be very helpful for the next. They have a really good offensive line. Like that, that yeah. it was like, it's not like they're the Bengals. I mean, Bill, I have a really hard time wrapping my head around this Bengals team. Um, and because, um, it, they allowed 59 pressures in three playoffs. <laughs> like it is an offensive lineman, man. It is so hard to, to see them. Chiefs had 16 pressures. Mm -hmm. The chiefs defensive line is, I mean, Frank Clark had one. It's not like, it's not like Frank Clark was out there doing it. Right. Um, And I just, I, it's just hard for me to believe they're in this spot, but they are. I mean, you know, I feel like, like, you know, we can
0: acknowledge that they are a mess up front at times and they're sloppy and they make mistakes. And yet because of Joe Burrow, because of how they played, because they come up with big plays at the right time, they are here. And I want to, I want to talk about the Bengals in a second, but I want to talk more things about the Chiefs in terms of uh, number one. I looked up the numbers while you were talking and you're, you were too run heavy. You were too optimistic about Andy running the football. They have been third and three when it's outside of a, uh, uh, basically like a, a, a 10% win expectancy or a 90% win expectancy. It's basically every like normal play, every third and three, they've had 15 of them this year. They've run the ball one time, one out of 15. And Clyde, edwards that went for 14 yards on that third and three. Uh, the one time they ran the ball this year. So you were you were too run heavy for Andy Reid and that offense. Um, I, I feel like you know when it comes to this offense, yeah, I, I want to know what you think. Like, like you have been in this situation before, whether it's it's the Colts game or not, but one place or another. Like when you're in a situation as a lineman where things are going great and the offense is is kicking and. And the crowd's into yeah. it and everything's going great. And then things fall apart. And like for a quarter, you're a mess. Like, what does that feel like on the sidelines? What,
1: what are you thinking? What are you going through? Well, I remember in the Colts game. Um, when Andrew Luck caught that fumble, <laughs> and I thought to myself, like, I'm not, I'm out, I am i do not know if I'm allowed to cuss on this podcast. I was like, I was like, I was like oh, we're not winning this game. Like, <laughs> you're just like, what is happening right now? What is right. happening? And of course, you go out and play hard. Look, and you know the fourth down play that um, that Alex threw in that game. I mean, Dwayne Bow had a broken foot and like couldn't get his foot down in balance because his foot like didn't function properly. Like it was just a it's a completely different game. Right. When you start having this feeling of like oh oh no, yeah. now, I wonder if the Chiefs felt that way too. But then again, typically it just takes, and that's my point about the, the running the ball three times in a row yeah. is that. Of course, you might just you might get seven yards and punt. I don't know, but like when you start doing that, it 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 makes your whole team feel confident, and you need kind of a player to it. I actually thought the Sneed interception was that play. I was yeah, like, me oh, too. Oh, oh, interception. Okay, let's go offense, and they just never got that play. Yeah, that last drive, that Kelsey had a big gain, I believe. You know, obviously, they, they, the Pat had a couple scrambles. They, they get that first down. Mm-hmm. Even then, that that third down, the 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 shovel toss was like barely a first down. Like they were struggling to get yards, and they just never had that play on offense to click them back into being good again. And, and it's hard to parallel what we had in twenty thirteen because we didn't have anyone healthy, right? We, had, like I said, Dwayne Bow was hurt. Donnie Avery got hurt in that game. We were down our third string running back, and you know, there was a play in that game. Uh, going back to twenty thirteen again where I think it was Cyrus Gray was at running back because uh, Nile Davis had broke his leg and Jamal Charles had got concussed in the first drive. And we ran like a wheel route. And Mm -hmm. Cyrus is just not as as fast as those guys. And it was a yard too long. Because Alex Mm -hmm. Smith had worked with Jamal Charles and Niall Davis on this route all season. And if Jamal's in the game, he catches it. He's faster than him. And like, Mm -hmm. you just... It's like like one of those places like if we catch that ball, we probably win that game, right? And the Chiefs just kind of had the same thing where like Mahomes throws a bad pass on second and seven to a wide open running back. They mm-hmm. catch that ball. Maybe they get 12 yards, break a tackle. Okay, here we go, guys. Let's go. Right. We, right. you know, we, we run the ball twice. Oh, ooh, first down. Come on. And like, they never really got that going. It, it sometimes takes a player two. and a lot of times though, this is why the importance of having a great quarterback that falls on the quarterback. Right. Mm-hmm. And the falls on, on Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes and Joe Burrow and, you know, Joe Burrow in that game made that made that play on third and sixth, right? He avoided Chris Jones and got a first down. He he ran mm-hmm. the ball when the Chiefs were silly enough to to get out of their rushing lanes. I mean, the Chiefs just mm-hmm. played bad the second half. Um, yeah. but, but um it it and he made those plays. And Pat really didn't in this game. It's very unlike Pat to not make those plays. So I think that mm-hmm. was the hard part for me is it just never really they, there was never really that spark on offense that, that got them back. And they were there. I mean, even all of that being said, they were right there. First and goal to five Mm -hmm. with one of the best offenses in in the NFL against a defense that we look DVOA wise, not terribly good. Um, It's not like they, again, like everyone's like, Oh, the, the, they sacked them four times. I mean, three of those sacks were like nine seconds into the play. I mean, okay, I mean, sorry, we can't block for nine whole seconds when your quarterback is running everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And the Chiefs just should have got in. They just didn't do it. And so the Bengals, the adjustment was great. Um, but again, it wasn't, again, it's like drop eight coverage, man. It's what you do to air raid offenses. Like it, mm-hmm. it was, that's what's the most shocking part of me. It was, it was a drop eight with, um, with zone coverage. And they, you know, they doubled Kelsey, they doubled Hill. Like there was a little bit of bracketing happening. Yeah, It's all it was.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it feels like there should have been opportunities there. There should have been adjustments made, and there weren't. Um, one more question about the Chiefs, then we'll talk about the Bengals. In terms of, like, the aura around this team, I mean, we knew with Andy Reid, the reputation was the reputation. It was, oh, he can't win the big game. He can't win the championship game. He can't win the Super Bowl. He's always going to come up short. He's never going to do this or that. Never going to make the the changes he needs to make. Great coach, but he's not. Andy Reid. And then it felt like when Mahomes showed up, it was like, oh, let's fix. You know, they did lose two times in the playoffs, but they lost when all their offensive linemen got hurt against the Buccaneers. And Patriots, A game where they came back and, you know, lost the coin toss and then lost in overtime, but a great game. They hadn't blown a lead like this in the postseason until we just saw this game here. And Mahomes, I mean, you know, we, we, we've seen him fail when, again, his entire offensive line has been hurt. That's been the one time you've seen him fail in a big game so far as a pro. So do you think this sort of pokes any holes in the Chiefs? Like, does it change their psyche? And is there anything that you feel like th- there's a long-lasting effect here for the Chiefs or is it just, hey, bad game, we'll be fine next year?
1: Well, a lot of it depends on, on how they mentally bounce back from it, right? I mean, it could be one yeah. So, Because you mentioned I was talking to a Chiefs fan today, and, and they were like, yeah, I'm not. I don't feel as bothered by this loss. Yeah. I was like, I feel much worse than the other two losses because those were to Tom Brady, like – this was to a team that again allowed 16 pressures and didn't really hit Mahomes all game and again didn't run a complicated defensive scheme mm-hmm. and they it, like it just this feels much worse again because i think you know with the ever changing landscape of quarterbacks in afc nothing's a given every year right if this is an mm-hmm. nfc team i'd be like all right cool next year we just get back and 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 uh and run it back and it was the, look it's the It was the worst time for him to have the worst half of his career. It just happened in a big playoff game, and it could be nothing more than that. And I think with Mahomes' mentality, it will be nothing more than that. The question is whether or not the Chiefs learn from this. Right? They've had two years now of sort of like a little bit of BS in the end of games, right? We're just (laughs) like just kind of not putting teams away, and they're just not. And I it didn't it didn't cost them last year because they got the Super Bowl, and they just you can blame that loss on the on the poor offensive line in that game. But and didn't bite them this this season that much because they were just bad on offense for about a month and that was most of their issues. Mm-hmm. But now it's happened twice to the Bengals, and you know it happened last year a bunch. And so, what do you do in the off season to fix that, right? What does Andy Reid has he does he change things? Does he change the way he operates at all? Does does he put some new plays in there, are new personnel as well? Does he change mm-hmm. his coaching staff? Which I don't think any of that's going to happen towards the coaching staff. But like, what? How do you self evaluate? And I've been on with six coaches, I've been with five during the regular season. Mm-hmm. And Andy Reed was the best coach I've had at self evaluating Like in the middle mm-hmm. of the season, by a week, like he gave us a rundown of what we're good and what we're bad at and we just did what we're good at the rest of the season. So it's great. Mm-hmm. He's great at that. So now he has to evaluate wh- how, how they get here and then what do they do next year because they're going to win 10 to 12 games. Like They have Pat yeah, Mahomes. Sure. It's, it's a matter of how do you avoid this specific thing happening again? And I, again, I go back to all this. Even that, even all that being said, if Chris Jones sacks Pat Mahomes. If mm-hmm. if it was it Hitchens or Bowling, just if they catch that second pass, the Burrow threw right to the guy, right to the linebacker, catch mm-hmm. that ball, maybe the 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 chief. So they're not as bad as they played, they weren't that far off from even winning the game. So it's just, I think they'll be fine. Again, the roster is a big issue right now. You need to, you're gonna have to get secondary pieces, a pass rush, probably mm-hmm. a, a big, a kind of a bigger wide receiver possession type of guy. But Travis Kelsey and Hill are one year older, right? Uh mm-hmm. left tackle. I don't know if they're gonna re-sign Brown or I thought I thought Brown really improved throughout the season. I thought early in the year he struggled kind of figuring out his place in mm-hmm. the offense, considering he played in a much different offense in Baltimore, but he he played much better down the stretch. So there's some there's some issues uh with, with the roster, but with Mahomes and Reed, you're gonna win 10 to 12 games every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean they're 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 in a position that I think a lot of teams would envy.
0: But at the same time, like you mentioned a lot of stuff but oh, you know, like if this little break had gone their way, that's 100% true. But also like we're, we're one, you know, one or two incredible plays at the end of that game last week, the Bills game, away yeah. from saying, oh, they blew, you know, the defense blew two leads uh, late in football games. Uh, and, and, you know, there's definitely issues with this team that have to be corrected, whether it's structurally, whether it's schematically, whether it's um, personnel-wise on both sides of the football. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there is no competition. And right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S ave Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a Jets Pizza location near you. Again, try Jets Signature 8 Corner Pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. With the Bengals. On the other hand, I mean, you know, I, I feel like the big story has been certainly that the Chiefs are, um, the Chiefs lost more so than the Bengals won. I mean, you know, I don't know about you. I did not predict the Bengals were going to make it to the Super Bowl before the season. Um, shout out to you if you pull that off. But I mean, you know, like, like, what, you know, what impresses you about this team having
1: watched them play the last few weeks? Well, I definitely have a confidence that no matter what happens, we have a chance to win the game. And that's very mm-hmm. hard for, young, for a young team to have. There's obviously some, some sort of swagger, confidence, whatever you, word you want to put on it. And I think it definitely is a Joe Burrow thing, right? He brought kind of the attitude to the team. And, I mean, there is something to be said about not screwing it up, right? They just – they haven't screwed it up, right? Like, yeah. they, that's, that's part of it as well. They, they just – they haven't lost these games, right? Tennessee, um, you know, Ryan Tannehill didn't play well. Um you know, again the second half of the Chiefs game. Like you know, the Ra- Derek Carr, the Raiders were up and down in that game. The, the, the Bengals haven't done anything to lose games yet, which is important, right? You 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 can force your force um the opponent to make the mistakes, force the opponent to to to, to, to make errors, and you just capitalize off those errors. Mm-hmm. But it is odd, you know, in a year really in an era where offense rules, I mean they've had five touchdowns in three playoff games. Mm-hmm. Um you know, their defense, how about this? Their defense, I saw the stats, kind of a one of those baseball stats, but, yeah. Uh, you know, like the Bengals have had three, they have forced three turnovers in the last minute or overtime of a one-score playoff game, right? Three in the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. That's one more than Tom Brady's teams did in 20 years of the playoffs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's Brady two in that situation and Joe Burrow three. So it's three straight weeks now of interceptions or turnovers forced in, you know, under a minute mm-hmm. or an overtime of a playoff game. That's wild. That's not normal. Right. And I go, and, and so, but look, their, their defense, again, their defense plays sound, they play sound defense. They're where they're supposed to be. They tackle well. Um, but I do worry about their interior pass rush against the Rams. And I do I, their offensive line. I, I guys, I I know, I, I know Bengals fans hate me for saying this. It's, <laughs> it's going to matter at some point bill that they can't block anybody like it's going to matter and probably this weekend cuz guess what joe burrows not ducking under aaron donald's tackle <laughs> okay and von miller is playing like he did in 2015 like he's got mm-hmm. like, a, like this like this joy in this in and this energy and this youth that i think just playing on a on a playoff team on turf by the way turf guys play a little faster on turf mm-hmm. and on a defense where you can't double him who you can double von miller and leave donald and floyd open Um and I just think it has to matter at some point. And and the difference between the Chiefs and Titans is that the Rams have a good pass defense. This is the Mm -hmm. only this is the Bengals have played only one uh defense, team defense in the top 10 in DVOA all season. Um, this is like by far the best defense they're gonna play all year. Mm -hmm. And so I just think it has to matter at some point, Bill. I, I it has to, right? I mean, are they gonna allow 16 pressures to the Rams and win a Super Bowl game?
0: I mean, it's like like I'm just trying to think. And maybe you, you know, you pay closer attention to offensive lines than just about anybody, but like where where if the Bengals win the Super Bowl, which I don't think is out of the question by any means, they have the talent oh, to play, course. like, like would
1: there have been a worse offensive line you can think of in recent memory to win a Super Bowl? So people have tried to point out like the Giants like in 2011, but that had, they had David Dio and they had and they had a uh, Chris Snee, who's a perennial yeah. you know, pro bowler. Um, they had, they have, um, that Kareem they, McKenzie, that Kareem McKenzie, that Will Beatty, who was young, I think left tackle in that year, but like, that's pretty good. <laughs> like, yeah. They were, they were legit. David, I think David, ba- David Bass played center, right. For that team. I believe, um, yeah. you know, and then you have, what do you have? The next year was the Ravens, right. It was in 2012, I believe. Um, yeah. And, that, was the know, year they tra- that was the year they traded. That was year they traded for uh, the dude who was on the Vikings, Brian McKinney, right? Yeah. So like, good, they had a good offensive line. Then you go to Broncos and Seahawks and Patriots. Like, they're all good offensive lines. Um, and it, it has to, again, it has to to matter at some point that they can't block. Him. There was a the overtime and overtime the last mix and run, the one that we talked that everyone discussed whether he was down or not. I thought he declared yep. himself down. what he Me too. If, yeah. if they if they ruled it the other way, I would have been like, all right, well, I get I get it. He technically didn't. Didn't get touched. Um, Go watch that play back. It's a it's a zone to the left. Okay, it's outside zone. Mm -hmm. Typically, if there's front side penetration, the play is dead. Like it's just dead. Both the left guard and center are four yards in the backfield. Mm -hmm. It's a 15 yard run. uh, (laughs) Every offense I played on would that be a minus? That'd be a lot. You know, but but they caved in. uh, Jonah Williams. I think they had a, a big tight end. Caved in the left side of, of really Frank Clark. Yeah. Um, and it allowed Mixon to go. But typically, when you bubble an outside zone like that, you just, you're dead to rights. It plays over. Mm-hmm. And it's like stuff like that where I don't think they can do that against the Rams. I I don't think that's possible against that defense. You know, of course, the worry, you know, if you're back in the Rams is Matt Stafford, right? It's like he's played great. He did, he did, you know, they did drop the arm punt on, uh, <laughs> on Sunday, but he's played, he's played really good. He's at 900 yards in three games. Yeah offense is working well they run the ball well obviously Whitworth getting two weeks to kind of get healthier left tackle will be huge for them against Hendrickson um it, I I just maybe I'm just a stubborn man but the offensive line thing is so important to me and when you look at at you know where these teams and how these teams are winning over the years I mean you look at the 2018 Patriots right I mean they just bludgeon people to death in the playoffs right yeah. I mean, they just they weren't a collection of great talents like if you look at and well, no, they know they had Tooney and Brown. Yeah, Tooney, Brown, and Andrews. Like, yo, know, n- never mind. Shaq Mason. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah, they're great. You know what I mean? Like every offense you point to, right? The Chiefs next to Eric Fisher, my brother. Mm-hmm. Last season, right? They had the Bucks. The uh, Bucks O line's great. It's just hard to get to the spot and think that you're gonna win a Super Bowl with the line. And it's worked so far. I get it. I, I I hey man. Um, but I it feels hard to to continue to to believe in that. Yeah.
0: I mean, it matters, you know, at the very least you can say, even if they do win, it matters. And certainly, you know, you give credit to the stars they have. I mean, T Higgins made a ton of great catches in this game or a ton of big, tough catches over the middle in this game. Um, Jamar Chase has been a difference maker. Joe Burrows played great. Like, you know, like if you, if you can duck one of the best defensive players in football and run for a first down, like that, that matters. That's, that's legit. Um, Joe Mixon made some good plays in this game. So, I mean, there's, there's talent definitely on this roster that I think deserves a ton of credence at the we- at the weapon spots, but, um, it does feel like there's going to be a bunch of situations in this game coming up where Joe Burrow is going to have to duck Von Miller or or duck Aaron Donald because there's going to be problems uh, up front for the Bengals. Let's talk about the Rams, actually. So Rams, 49ers, um, big thing for me in this game. You know, we talk about the line of scrimmage um, and how much it matters. Look at the numbers for this game. The thing that stands out to me, is just the Rams shut down the 49ers rushing attack. I mean, yeah. Debo was 7 or 26. Elijah Mitchell, 11 for 20. Kyle Juszczyk, uh had that one fullback belly where he got stuffed. I think it was fourth and one, fourth and two. Um, you know, they came up with the run stops when they needed to to win this football game. and. Uh, you know, from from what you saw, what happened? How, how are they able to slow down one of the league's most dynamic running games?
1: Um, I uh, I feel like they got tired of, of us saying like the Niners continue to punk them in the line of scrimmage. <laughs> but that, you know, like you know, when 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 everyone says um, something like, well, they've been, um, you know, the their Shanahan owns owns McVeigh, and and yeah. I would say, well, hey, okay, but. I think where they win this game is in the trenches, right? The Niners' offensive defensive lines win these games each week, yeah. uh, each time they play. And I feel like the Rams were like, no, not going to happen this week. It's not going to happen. And, you know, Greg Gaines playing so much better, I think, the back half of the season. I think he's improved a lot this year. Has really helped that run defense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that that third down play, just, I, and then Shanahan calls timeout and doesn't go for it. Or McVay, called, whoever called timeout, didn't go mm-hmm. it was so bad. I just think that they, they, they said, look, we're, we're not going to get – we're not going to lose this game because we don't stop the run. And they're rightfully guessed that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, it's hard to win a game with heat with him being your offense. Um, he made some good throws. Don't get me wrong. He did make some good throws. Um, but that they decided, like, we're not going to let this happen. And if you're, the, you're heading into this weekend, I think the idea is, like, just don't let Joe Burrow beat us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I was, like, every time the, the, the Bengals ran the ball on, on Sunday, I was pumped. I like, sweet. Like yes, one less rep for Joe Burrow. So I think they can carry that that physicality over. And I do think there is something to. I know it was twenty seventeen. People said, well, they barely beat the Niners, and yeah, but there is something to a little bit of onus, right? There's a little mental mm-hmm. baggage there. For sure. And and now they're now that mental baggage is. I wouldn't be surprised next year if the if the Rams came out and kicked their ass twice next year, just because that stigmas of that of that is over, right? Is that mm-hmm. that whole like they own us thing is over now? And um, I just thought they they. Physically won that game in the trenches as they have their offensive line played much better than it did in week 18, especially in the mm-hmm. second half of that game of week 18. And obviously Whitworth getting back healthy would be very important in the next couple of mm-hmm. weeks. That's a big thing for them, obviously, for him to is need to get two more weeks of, of rehab and, and rest and recovery and, and just get after it against the Bengals. Yeah. I mean, I felt like the one weakness the Rams had blocking in this game was
0: not the offensive line. It was the receivers. There were a couple of moments in this game where it felt like, you know, they were asking Odell, or asking Van Jefferson to kind of play the either the Cooper Cup or Robert Woods role and come in and, and block a defensive lineman or at least, you know, bother a defensive lineman long enough to, to get a run play to work. And it felt like they were getting blown up in that spot. You know, the Bengals have two pretty impressive ed- edge defenders in Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard. Do you feel like that's something that the Rams are, are going to struggle with, or is that maybe a one-week aberration given how good the 49ers are and how
1: well-coached they are up front? Um, you know, it it. it... It just depends on what their scheme is going to be, right? Because you can yeah. avoid those guys having to block, but they're in so much 11 personnel that it's, you know, it's always difficult. And with Higby out, they might even be in more 11 personnel, which feels impossible yeah. really to be in. And yes, it's up to those guys to be able to just get in the way sometimes. And this is where Robert Woods was great, right? It was great at blocking. But mm-hmm. I think there's ways around it, right? Um, you know, you can obviously play action pass off a lot of those looks. You can ghost – a lot of those guys we fake to block them, and just that split second of them having a caption, their eyes has the running back able to get by them. Mm-hmm. There's ways to avoid to avoid that having to be an an issue, um, and I'm curious to see how they do. Look, the Niners again, they're just faster linebackers. So when you when yeah. then then the Bengals are, so it, it is it makes it those those blocks just much tougher. And I have two weeks to prepare, so maybe the Bengals are more keyed into what the Rams are going to do, but I think the Niners just have a good game plan against the Rams all the time too. It's part Mm -hmm. of what, you know, and I think they put themselves in situations where they want to be blocked by, by those wide receivers. And I think this game, McVay will figure out a way to not have that be such a big issue. The thing about it, Bill, one thing I've I've realized with McVay and with all these coaches, doesn't it feel like is, you know, we watch these games more um, on Twitter together as football fans. Like they, all these coaches have the same issues with game management, right? Yeah, They all do. Like, who is good at game management? Who would Twitter decide is good at game? No one. No one's good at game management. So, mm-hmm. you know, McVeigh had no challenges, no timeouts with 10 minutes left. Oh, I trust in the game plan. I think mean, game plan's fine. Yeah. It's a matter of everything else. Like, he just has terrible challenges all season.
0: Yeah. It was weird. I mean, and, you know, I feel like, like we, because we trash them so much, like the average coach when it comes to game management is probably a lot better than we think just because. Um, oh, maybe, I'm sorry, the opposite. The average coach is probably pretty bad just because we feel like, you know, there's maybe two guys like Staley and, and to some extent John Harbaugh who people have faith in. Um, but because 16 or 17 guys are abysmal, it feels like maybe we're, we're too harsh on them. Maybe that's not going to matter quite as much just because, um, you know, it's not like Zach Taylor has a great reputation as a game manager or, or, or managing the clock and stuff. I mean, the stuff they did at the end of the Chiefs game in week 17, that was like the rare opportunity where the analytics people were like, no, don't, don't go for it. <laughs> like, like kick, kick dude, <laughs> The numbers say kick. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like it's uh, uh, not always, it, it matters, but like in this game, for example, Sean McVay had two terrible challenges, you know, timeout usage was abysmal and because Kyle Shanahan on the other side was, was very conservative in those situations on fourth down. It felt like it didn't matter all that much. Um, in, in terms of Shanahan, you know, trying to get into his mindset as someone who is, you know, so focused on the run game. So such a, a creative play caller, someone who has all these weapons, like, what do you think it is about Kyle Shanahan or what do you think he's thinking that leads him to not be aggressive in these situations? Cause we saw it in the chiefs game a couple of years ago in the in Super Bowl. We saw it earlier this postseason against the Cowboys and we saw it here against the Rams. Like why is Kyle Shanahan not more aggressive when he has his opportunities to, to run forward and, and, you know,
1: seal up games on fourth and short. Well, there's, there's two things here. One is that you can make the argument that he's just an even though he's young in age, he's just a football guy. Like he yeah. grew up around the game, and a lot of those older coaches are conservative, right? That's kind of what they are. I mean, Mike Tomlin, Andy Reid. I mean, Andy Reid's gotten better with Pat Mahomes. Before Pat Mahomes, I mean, heck, Andy Reid didn't go. For, did he go for ever on a fourth down? Um, you know, Belichick has been off and on, aggressive, right? Kind of depends on whose quarterback is and what the year is and how he feels. But some of the older coaches just tend to not be very aggressive. And Shanahan, even though he's young, he grew up in the game. Like he's been, he spent forty years around the game, where Mm -hmm. everyone said, "All right, punt, kick a field goal. Punt, kick a field goal. Punt, kick a field goal. Play defense, get the ball back, go down and score." Mm -hmm. And obviously, the game has changed a little bit. We have numbers that 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 support doing it a different way. And two, and it might be and or or one a one b is, I don't think he trusts Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm curious to see next season. With Trey Lance, if that changed all, because for example, like Andy Reed, Andy Reid, Mahomes, the best thing Mahomes ever did for Andy Reed was force Andy to be more aggressive in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's still not that aggressive, but it's much better than he used to be. Mm-hmm. And if Trey Lance is better then maybe Shanahan feels more comfortable in fourth and two going mm-hmm. forward. But he's like, look, I have my defense or I have Jimmy Garoppolo. Who am I choosing to make a stop? <laughs> he chose his defense, who had been good all season, right? I mean, I, I understand the decision. Yeah. That's what it comes down to, in my opinion. One is he's probably a little bit conservative with his view of football. And two, it's just he doesn't trust his quarterback. And mm-hmm. there's many instances all year where he he doesn't trust him. And there's some that make sense, some that, some that I think I disagree with. Mm-hmm. But fourth and two, like you should have a play for Jimmy Garoppolo where you feel comfortable uh, him moving the ball down the field enough for you. But he obviously didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: I... I'm a, a smart aleck sitting on the sidelines and I don't think the way coaches think, but to me, and I, I mean, maybe you don't, maybe it was, it was too late because of the NFC championship game, but I was always surprised that as the season went on, that we didn't see the stuff we saw early in the year where they had um, Trey Lance on the bench and he was a guy they could have used in short yardage. They used him in the red zone early in the year. And then I think Kyle Shanahan said it took him out of his rhythm and, or as a play caller. And so we stopped using him, but you know, are you surprised that they weren't using him? Getting moving up to the NFC Championship game, so if they needed him on a fourth and two, they could have the threat of having Trey Lance as a running threat?
1: You know, I, I'm I'm kind of um, against the two quarterback system. Really? Um, yeah, I, I, I get its purposes, um, but like, when has it really worked very well? How, how many teams are are successful running a two quarterback system at any point in a season? I mean, it, it it works every now and then. But, like, you should also just have a play on fourth and two that Jimmy Garoppolo can execute, and not have to bring in Trey Lance, yeah. right? You have a different snap. You're on the road. You bring in a rookie quarterback on fourth and two in a playoff game with eight minutes left, and the snap count's different. The play call's different. Different vibe, different feel with a different quarterback in there. Um, I've just never been a fan of that, and so I'm mm-hmm. fine with him going. Now, I get its purposes during the season maybe once or twice. I mean, I, I, I guess – Mm -hmm. once or twice, but then you have to also have to spend time in practice with limited practice reps working on a package that you might run two plays in all week. And that's Mm -hmm. a lot of time you could be spent doing something else that get you prepared to have your starters playing. So I understand why he didn't want to do it. And again, I'm not really, you won't see me arguing very much for two quarterback systems. I, I don't think that it's very viable and especially in a playoff game like that. I mean, can you imagine if, if, if Andy Reed was like, yeah, you know what? We're going to put in our speedier backup quarterback. I mean, like <laughs> what are you doing? Right. Um, even though it's Jimmy Garoppolo, I just think in that spot, you're like, Ugh. I mean, I couldn't imagine if you put Trey Lance in there and Trey Lance like fumbled. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's fair.
0: I, I, you know, and certainly it feels like they can run the ball effectively without Trey Lance. They can certainly have a run concept that works with Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. And I know they did get stuffed in a couple of plays, but like you don't give up on the running game because you get stuffed a couple of times. Um, With Garoppolo, uh, in terms of 2022, obviously, you know, uh, the last play is not going to look very well. If teams look at the the final snap, it's not going to look very impressive. But certainly, I mean, a a relatively healthy season by his standards. He did play through a couple of injuries. Um, But a a guy who has been in, you know, generally friendly situations with the Patriots and now with the 49ers, what do you think his his trade value is going to be, if any? And where do you
1: think he ends up playing in 2022? Uh, I mean, he's a good bridge quarterback, right? If you yeah. are the Saints or Bucks, you're just trying to maybe get by for one more year. But I could also argue just being bad uh, for those teams is better because so you get a better draft pick in two years. Um, there's going to be someone that can convince themselves that he's the missing piece, I would imagine. I don't know who that's going to be. Um, but there's again, he's, he's his numbers, I mean, his his... His EPA, right? His CPO, what, CPOE, right? Like that's like He's <laughs> yeah. all, all top five, right, if I'm not mistaken? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It doesn't match up with what my eyes might see or what games I watch him play, but there is some value in him. He's not a bad quarterback. He's just not great. I mean, the idea is, like, can you win a Super Bowl with him? Probably mm-hmm. not. Can you be competitive? Of course you can. But if you're one of these middling teams, I can make the case that being bad for a year is worse than being competitive without winning a Super Bowl.
0: I mean, you know, like I, I would say, you'd rather have a better quarterback to win a Super Bowl. But I mean, I've seen Joe Flacco win a Super Bowl. I've seen Nick Foles win a Super Bowl. And I, I, can't, I saw Jimmy Garoppolo come within one deep pass of winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. So like, like
1: I, I would say, it's tougher, but I don't think it's impossible by any means to win with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I could see, like, I could see someone like Washington going for Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Ron Rivera, a veteran coach wants a veteran player. He knows exactly what he's getting with, with Jimmy Garoppolo. Rivera can say, Hey, look, man, we're going to play great defense. We're going to, you know, we're going to run the ball. We're going to play action pass. We're going to limit our opportunities for Jimmy Garoppolo to get in bad situations. And we're going to try to win with that in that division. Like that feels like just the mentality of knowing Ron Rivera, like that feels Mm -hmm. like a a, a place that would certainly welcome a veteran quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, like, like it's so funny because
0: it feels like so much of talking about Jimmy Garoppolo is talking about what other people say about Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, no, he's not one of the five best quarterbacks in football, even though his numbers might say that at times. And no, he's not total trash being carried to win after win by the running game and Debo Samuel. There's probably some truth to both those things. Like, he's probably better than he looks because they do hit so many chunk plays off play action. And he's probably not as good as he looks because he has incredible weapons making plays for him. But, like, he gets the ball to the right place, typically. Yeah. He is, you know, he, he, he is... Accurate certainly for stretches. I think he was not maybe all that accurate in this game just because he had, he was playing through an injury. The injuries matter. Um, and he's making, you know, good money at this point, not, not top tier quarterback money. I think if your expectations are appropriate, he's a useful player. And I think that, you know, if he gets traded for a first round pick, I think we'll see maybe some loftier expectations. But I think if it's more realistic, if it's a conditional pick, you know, in the two, three range, I think it's going to be, you know, probably pretty decent value for a team like Washington that might only be a quarterback
1: away from being a, a playoff contender. Especially with this quarterback class not being that great, right? I mean, right. there's a lot of teams going to miss out on opportunities for quarterbacks. Or just say, hey, you know, we'll pass for next year. And if you're Washington you know, specifically, like, do you really want to draft, um, you know, who's a who's a you know Carson Strong, or yeah. would you rather just take Jimmy for a year and then focus on Bryce Young and next year, whoever else is going to be next year's draft, right? Caleb, well, I guess Caleb will right. still two more years, but um, you know, whoever it is, you just focus on, 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 you know, winning now with Jimmy G and then, you know, whoever you, you know, quarterback a couple years is, is, is when you pick up. I could see that mm-hmm. be an option for a lot of you're Tampa Bay. And you think just, Hey man, we can, you know, we just had Tom Brady, right? You know, maybe we just get ourselves, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. We, we run back a lot of the pieces and we have an opportunity in a, in a week NFC South get you know, to get back to the playoffs. Cause every team feels the same way mm-hmm. in the playoffs. We have a chance, right? I mean, we have two, four seeds in, in in the Super Bowl like this. Yeah. There's no better year for that. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, you know what? I have a question for you. Let's finish on this because
0: I'm not a former NFL player. I didn't go through the draft process. You did. So I want to ask you this question. Kenny Pickett went to the Senior Bowl and did not have his hand measured and said that he did not want to have his hand measured because he has a double jointed thumb and he's doing hand exercises to prepare himself for the combine. Did you do any hand exercises to prepare yourself for the combine? And if you did not, do you regret not doing hand exercises to prepare for the combine?
1: (laughs) I have giant hands, Bill. That was my problem. <laughs> my problem was my giant stomach and trying to make sure that's <laughs> giant for the combine. So my goal during combine training was losing weight. And I got mm-hmm. to Indianapolis and I basically starved myself for like two days before my before weigh-in. So I weigh oh. as little as good for the weigh-in. Um, that was my problem. My problem was my hands are like 11 inches. Like I have giant hands. Um, it's, uh, it's about the, the stomach, the old, uh, I guess now the, the weigh-ins aren't televised anymore. I think I saw this year. So yes. no more, no more weirdly gawking it at, at other men's <laughs> bodies in front of that. That's the oddest thing man. like, you're just, you're just, you're standing in front of, you know, a hundred scouts, mm-hmm. you know, super serious, right? Like this is their job. Their job is to identify and look at your body. Make it, you know, make their comments on it and like you just take it as normal. So you're just there, you take your, you know, you take your top off, you're wearing tights only, you walk on the scale, you know, Jeff Schwartz, th- you know, six, six and a half or, you know, six, six, um, you know, zero five. Um, and they're like, all right, 331 pounds, you know, hand 10 seven, 10 and seven eighths, you know, then they're like, do it, you have to do a squat, if I recall, to kind of see how your ankle flexion is. And then you do like another thing, and then they're like, all right, and you move on to the next person. It's just, it's just, it's awkward, but everyone's just there. It's just like a business event, right? Everyone's just like writing their notes, and there's no weird glances, no odd, like it's more odd for the player, I think, than for the adults who are just writing the the data down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a weird, weird, and I guess that's not televised anymore now. So um, uh, that's unfortunate. It it just seems strange to me.
0: Like I I've I've never understood it. Like I I I know that like the scouts do to do their jobs. I find it hard to believe that they are so good at judging bodies that they can, you know, pick between uh, you know, pick pick, pick between two slightly different bodies when it comes to that stuff. I'm skeptical,
1: but that's another story for another day. I I, um, think, it's more to, I think it's more to make sure like a guy's not like sloppy put together. Like you don't yeah want sloppy bodies, but. I, I'm
0: sure you can think of an offensive lineman or two who had a sloppy body and managed to make it work for them.
1: Uh, that's never all, all. offensive linemen are magical creatures that never have <laughs> any sloppy bodies. They're all we're all perfect in every way. There you go. That is the perfect
0: response to finish up here. Jeff Schwartz, a man about town, a man
1: who does work for many places. Jeff, please plug all the places people yes. can check out what you do. So my podcast, Jeff Schwartz, is Smarter Than You. Um, it comes out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Obviously, it's progressing the off-season. We'll have some more, uh, more off-season news to to, uh, to do um, on my radio show, Pac-12 Today, Monday through Friday. I'm sure there's a lot of listeners of yours that are really interested in Pac-12 sports. You can find that on Sirius XM 373. And then I write for Fox Sports as well, do some gambling stuff for them uh, as well. So I stay busy. I like uh, like covering ball. College and NFL, it's a lot of fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Jeff Schwartz, tremendous follow on Twitter. Check him out. Jeff, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me on, Bill. All right, thanks so much, as always, to my friend and the excellent NFL analyst, Jeff Schwartz. Check him out at all those various places he just mentioned. We'll be back next week, of course, previewing the big game, previewing the Super Bowl. Final game of the year, Rams-Bengals. I did not see this one coming. I saw Rams, I think I had Rams-Cheese before the year, so halfway there. Um, but... We'll have a lot to talk about. I'll be writing a preview, of course, for ESPN.com and talking about the game next week and the following week. So hope you guys are excited about the final game of the NFL season. And we'll be back next week to preview Rams Bengals.